Welcome, cosmic listeners, to a journey unlike any other you've embarked upon. As the vastness of space stretches out before us, so too does the vastness of our own minds. This is where the ethereal meets the extraterrestrial, where inner space meets outer space. I'm your guide, alongside my hosts, Doro and Matt, and you're tuning into the intersection of meditation and mysteries beyond our stars. Picture this, a vast universe, ever-expanding, filled with stars, galaxies, and possibilities. Now visualize our own minds equally deep, intricate, and filled with untapped potential. What if these two worlds aren't as separate as they seem? All right. Thank you for joining us today. This is Matt Reddy, and I'm here again with my friend Doro Kylie, life coach extraordinaire from creationcoach.com. And uh, welcome to the third episode of Meditation and Aliens. How are you doing, Doro? Are you there? Doro? Yes. Sorry, uh, I was muted. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, do I'm doing great, Matt. How are you today? So good to be back. Oh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I was muted uh, when I started the intro. I, I had to do it twice because I forgot to unmute. <laughs> Easy <laughs> to do, yeah. All good, all good. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you today. I feel like a lot has been happening in the alien disclosure world. And, of course, meditation is always an interesting topic to me. And I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll touch on that. Yeah, we will. Yeah, it's getting even more important in my opinion. So, yeah. So, uh, where should we begin? A little alien disclosure update. Do you do you want me to run down? I would love it if you could go through what's up and happening and what's new. You said something about uh, Congress, was it? Or yeah, let's just oh, yeah. dive in. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the short summary of what's happening in the U.S. Congress. Um, since we had that hearing about a month and a half ago where David Grush and uh, the two jet pilots gave testimony in a hearing that had, uh, you know, Congressman Burchett, uh, AOC, Congressman Gates, Congressman Luna, or Congresswoman Luna. Um, so after that hearing, the Congress people uh, on that hearing asked for a uh, a select committee on UAPs which is a special committee congress can create and assign you know a bunch of congress people to it and they can then issue subpoenas and do really thorough investigations of anything what the whatever it's focused on and uh after that hearing they requested i think it was congressman gates requested from uh speaker of the house mccarthy for a select committee and after he thought about it for a few weeks, he said no, and he but he said they could have just another hearing. And so it was kind of interesting this week, Cong uh, Congressman McCarthy, Speaker of the House, got removed from his seat in Congress as Speaker by actually a motion by Congressman Gates. And we just heard on Twitter this morning uh, that uh, Congresswoman Luna said they are they are working on seeing if the new speaker will give them a UAP select committee. So this opens the door up to a more aggressive 
weapon for Congress to use to really take control of whatever this alien disclosure thing that the, the U.S.'s uh, government is hiding. It would this could be a very interesting moment. Um, this McCarthy thing could actually really affect alien disclosure, possibly in a positive way. Wow, this is this is great because I think um, uh, Greer, uh, Doctor Greer, was saying just just a couple days ago that something big just happened. So I wonder if that's all tied in but that they were making progress towards um, the disclosure of what's happening in uh, in in the you know the whole UAP phenomenon. Um, so we, we, I don't, I didn't hear the update exactly what it was, but, uh, I, I bet it's somehow, uh, tied in with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It seems wow. something, things are happening behind the scenes that we're, we're not getting full answers to. Um, for instance, before McCarthy got voted out, you know, there was a big worry about Congress and the government shutting down because they needed a continuing resolution of some sort or else the government would not have money to pay troops and pay for all sorts of things and at the last minute mccarthy worked with democrats to come up with a continuing resolution to keep the government operating and this was and matt gates claimed that he this was the reason that he voted to oust mccarthy because he was working with democrats to do this but one really fascinating note of that whole story is that the ukraine funding was not included in this continuing resolution so that the democrats and mccarthy all negotiated a way to keep the government going but they could not agree to keep pumping money into the ukraine war and that's really interesting to me because it, it seems one of these threads is that the war machine is one of the major drivers of the secret keepers and this the military industrial complex and they seem to clearly want the war in ukraine and they want to fund as much u.s money into this ukraine situation as possible and i and i'm very suspicious of that now and so i, I was actually very impressed that congress was able to keep the government going but they you know the seek the people that want the war were not able to get them to stick Ukraine funding into that. And so, I don't know, that just makes me feel good. Like, ha, you know, you're, you're trying yeah. to get war and you're not getting your money right now. You yeah. might still get it, but I love that you didn't get it right there. So. Well, I'm curious, how do you see all this, um, the war machine and, and the, the Ukraine war all tied in with um, extraterrestrials? Is there, how do you put, put those together? What, well, what um, yeah. Well, first, I mean, David Grush said it in his News Nation interview. He said it was um, fueling the war machine, which is basically the concept is that the the military corporations, they just get more money if there's some sort of war or conflict going on. So there's just more ability to channel money into their pockets. I mean, I'd hate to think it's always, you know, since 1950, and it's always just been about money. I assume there's something way more important going on on Earth that involves the aliens, such as certain pieces of land on Earth being valuable to aliens. Like maybe Ukraine is actually really important in some way to aliens. And it's we're really it's just a proxy war for that. I have the same theory about Antarctica and about like China and uh, Tibet and, you know, 
the Vietnam War and the Korean War. I have all sorts of suspicions that, that there's places on Earth that, in the Middle East, of course. I mean, these uh, there might be some, and there might be some really important places, and these wars are just proxies for that. But it could just be wealth. It could just be that the secret keepers have been hiding alien technology because it makes them rich, and they've been funding fueling war because it makes them rich. They've been hiding infinite energy technology because they get rich off of fossil fuel technology. So it's it's more connected to the secret keepers, not necessarily connected to the aliens or the alien agenda, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So is this a is this like a battle between reptilians and, and, and then the good ETs? I mean, I really want to take it to the limit here. <laughs> right. Well, I just don't you know, I don't know who what aliens really are past the secret keepers. I mean, it's, I mean, all the aliens, maybe there were reptilians and maybe they all died, but the institutions and secret societies they created with humans to rule us has been just persisted. I mean, it's like, it's a, uh, there's a show called Loki on the Disney plus, and it's a part of the Avengers superhero universe. But in this uh, show, Loki, he dies and he goes and he finds out that all of life is a simulation and then he finds out all of this simulation is ruled by this um these three reptilian aliens that sit on this council and then he gets he, he finds his way through the maze of power and he finally gets to this reptilian council and he and then he sees their statues they're, they haven't been alive forever they're they're just empty statues so oh, like, interesting. You know, yeah, and it's really interesting that was on TV just recently, but it's who knows what is really behind all of this. Is it just yeah. or is it I mean, you? yeah, David Ike, you know, if you ever listen to him, I, I catch up with him on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> He's always been that the, these are these are the reptilians who are running the whole war machine. That's his take. And so yeah, I wonder if it's if that's true. You know, yeah. I mean, right at the top, at the core of it. Uh, if what do you think? Well, I definitely have heard that that thread that reptilian aliens have been on Earth before humans, um, and perhaps live inside the Earth or in hidden cities, either in the ocean or Antarctica, um, and that they possibly can uh, fool some people so that they appear human or they can genuinely shapeshift. Um, it's it's definitely a thread that fits a lot of the evidence. I mean, all the evidence fits that the secret keepers have at least some aliens with alien tech helping them. It might be rogue aliens. It might be uh, a reptilian alien species living here. But there also seems to be tons of evidence that there are good enlightened aliens. It seems, and it also seems more likely in a universe if if you encounter a species that's thousands or hundreds of thousands of years, you know, more advanced than you, it's they shouldn't have to like be mean and torture you. They should have everything they want. They shouldn't need us. So there should be no reason for them to just like be hurting humans. They they. But there might be aliens living on Earth with us that do need humans and need Earth and they're competing over it with us. That sort of makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense with with kind of what what Greer's talking about, too, that um, when when we uh, when we became 
I guess when we started the, the, the whole atomic bomb thing, it sent out waves of disruption through the whole quantum fabric of, of space and time. And that got the attention of these aliens who are now trying to, um, to help us get back on onto a better track because right now we're going off we're going to go off the bridge here we're going to throw ourselves right off the cliff if if you know and so Greer is saying they're trying to um, facilitate a better path for us and that they've actually been stopping us from creating you know that they've this is what Greer says he says they've actually saved us a number of times from nuclear proliferation because they have the ability to just you know i guess uh cut the power to these nuclear weapons when there's when there's a threat Mm. so so he is giving the story that they have come here their first uh and they, they you know i'm sure some of them have always been here but there's a, a movement now and they've been trying to communicate with the government. They keep getting, um, you know, stalled or banned or ignored or threatened. And, and so now they are reaching the population through a, a more psychic uh, path. Um, and I can feel it. And I'm wondering how, if you're picking up anything through meditation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I definitely, I mean, in my meditative practice these days, I, it feels very, I don't know, loud and, but I, you know, I've always, I just don't know if it's just me personally, I have (laughs) things going on inside me or like, am I like in the middle of some weird energy, uh, psychic thing going on right now? Because I mean, there is, um, that is a definitely an interesting thread. It's it's come alive for me that one that telepathy might be real, and the and in to go along with the reptilian alien theory, there is the Lacerta transcript. These these uh, this story of apparently a reptilian female female reptilian alien that had a long conversation with someone, and they released this transcript on the internet about 10, 15 years ago, I think, and. It is a fascinating read. It sounds like it could be real. And in that transcript, Lacerta talks about telepathy as a, a method of communication they use. And, and there's lots of other stories from experiencers saying uh, it seems telepathy of some sort is is a technology out there. And and for me, that just that makes me feel like I have to meditate because it's I have to um I have to know if I'm alone in my mind and if I'm not, I just, I want to like communicate with whatever is trying to communicate there. Cause I, I won't, I won't feel safe in my, in my world. If I feel like my mind is somehow a freeway of telepathic others going in and out and I don't know what they're doing in there. And I, I would just want to know just to be at ease. Yeah, that that's a big a big problem right now. Of course, we've always had, you know, uh, commercials are even trying to get into our head. I mean, so there's always been that attempt to influence our thoughts and our thinking and our habits and our buying patterns and all that. But I agree that this um, this 
what I'm hearing that this attempt to communicate with us telepathically, I'm, I'm feeling like it's getting pretty noisy in my head too. And, uh, and so I'm having to be pretty intentional about what I'm uh, allowing in and not letting in. Um, so I'm aiming just for the higher resonance tones, you know, and this is why I was just looking at, uh, some things on quantum physics and, um, you know, how do we manage all these different, different portals that we have in our body? We've got all these different, uh, ways of, uh, vibrating, feeling, resonating. These are all the same words for different notes. You could say notes on a scale. Mm. Um, so I don't, I, I'm aiming for, for a higher, a higher vibration when I'm allowing things to come through, mm. trying to be deliberate about that. Um, yeah. Well, that is very uh, metaphorical to me of, um, of how people use prayer and God. It's, it's a, um, I know it's, uh, that's not the language you're using, but when I, um, this is an interesting thing to just sort of talk about the i mean i was raised uh catholic but i mean a very minimal catholic but taught sort of a minimal framework of prayer and you know the gist of it is basically you, you close your eyes you basically relax yourself and you speak to god there's just a little tangent of whether or not you involve jesus or mary or anything like that but for me i always just was like i'll just talk to god and you know in a way, what you're doing when you do that, if you are defining for yourself God as something perfect and beautiful and wise and loving and all-knowing and all-powerful, you're it's it's kind of like defining that vibrational target that you're talking about and aiming for it while you speak. It's like, and then you you sort of are reflecting yourself off of that idea. And that's what prayer is in sort of a when you have a when you believe in a God, it's, it's imagining this positive thing to send your thoughts to, and then trying to listen back to what it's saying to you. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. I mean, I, I'm, you know, there are people who are having difficulty trying to discern and distinguish, you know, one influence from another. And, uh, you, then you have the, the far spectrum where people are actually becoming schizophrenic and hearing voices and acting out on them, even to the point of doing terrible things. There was a woman, she was so into her, you know, um, relationship with this inner voice that she defined as God, that she was driving down the road and this inner voice says, just let go of the wheel and close your eyes. And she thought it was the real voice of God. And so she closed her eyes and, of course, ran into a sidewalk and killed somebody. So um, we have to be careful about what we are believing, what we are allowing, and it can get pretty confusing. And I think the, 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 what you're saying about prayer is, is just reaching higher for love and light. Um, if something in your head is making you feel questioning, nervous, uh, frightened, that's that's pulling you down into the lower energies and that's not taking you in the right direction. And I will uh, probably just leave it there as my opinion. Um, 
I think I think Greer talks about this more clearly, but uh, really getting a sense of where our energy is when we are interacting with those forces is yeah. powerful, and that's where mindfulness and meditation come in to be to be aware of the relationship that you're having, how it's making you feel, um, and if it's in alignment and it feels right on and it feels good then you can listen that's that would be my take on it yeah well i find i mean yeah for me meditation has become such a you know it, it's such a um exercise of uh trying to listen to that highest vibration and figure out i mean i i literally like find myself wondering okay if i actually felt like something that seemed to be coming out of this god targeting that i'm trying to have this conversation in my mind if it really spoke back to me and just told me what to do would i believe it as or would i be like suspicious okay something is trying to get back to me and tell me completely what to do and just surrender all my faith into trusting it to tell me and guide me that's that's really a powerful point because if it's telling you to do something and this is sort of a general rule of thumb if it's telling you to do something whether you like it or not that's not that's just your own brain pl playing tricks on you um, what they can do is make suggestions they can show some they can influence by by showing you things uh, but they will never demand that you do something and that's not how it works they can make suggestions but not um, they don't push. It's not, what do they call it? They had a name for this in Star Trek, right? Where you don't interfere. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. The doctrine of non-interference. Non-interference. Like that. That's it. So yeah, I don't, that's, uh, and that, and I'll say again, this is what resonates with me. This is not the gospel. So. Yeah. It's such an interesting topic. I mean, you have the same problem or same challenge when you're just talking to humans and you're trying to figure out, okay, which of the humans here can really talk to me from uh, that highest vibration or which of these humans really does feel like they have a connection with God and God is something really powerful because there's plenty of humans who will claim to speak for God or, and it's like, how do you know which one actually is in tune? Well, and, and then there's the whole tangent of David Grush said the Vatican has known at least since 1933 about aliens and has been helping to hide it. And that makes me wonder about the whole Catholic church and all the priests. <laughs> and it, like, I mean, yeah. not, it makes me wonder, are you guys actually communicating with something that claims to be God? Then are you sure it's God or have you been communicating with an alien all this time? I wonder if Greer has any tips on that. Do you think he's um, heard anything about that? I bet he has. Oh, I'm sure he he knows all. <laughs> but he hasn't. I haven't heard him talk about the Vatican or the Catholic Church. I did hear Stephen Greer in a recent interview that was really fascinating. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes. It was it was in a ch on a channel I think called something like the Illuminati something. But it's a great interview, and he talks about. Uh, the history of this, and he he actually mentions Marilyn Monroe being murdered as part of this uh, alien cover up because she found out from 
JFK. And he, and interestingly enough, he skips over JFK and he goes all the way to talking about Clinton and how he helped Bill Clinton while he was president. Uh, he t briefed him on all this in detail and Bill Clinton tried to find out and he was scared away from it. He was basically, and, and Greer says, basically he was scared off because um, what Greer says is that someone came to him and said, Clinton is not going to touch this. And Greer said, why? And the guy told him because they're worried Clinton would be killed like JFK. And Greer didn't believe him. It was like, oh, come on, that's ridiculous. But the guy was like, oh, no, seriously. They they, they basically, Bill Clinton was told, you, this is, uh, is life-threatening to a president oh. who tries to do this. And that is what set us back since then, since 1993, uh, to get to this point where the leaders that can do this have are is Congress because there's so many Congress people. You've got a handful of crazy congressmen that are just too crazy and too fringe for the secret keepers to intimidate. And it's like Matt Gates and Tim Burchett and Congresswoman Luna and uh, Moskowitz. Um, they're all just like championing this. And Gallagher. Um, I've made a matrix, uh, a spreadsheet matrix where I've started to name names to just sort of compare what all these different figures seem to believe and say, and I'm trying to identify who's on the side of the aliens and the non-aliens. Oh, that would be so interesting to to take a look at your notes there. That would be uh, fascinating, I think. Yeah, one of, the, one of the really fascinating things for me from this interview, again, about Greer, since he's he, he talks about so much, so it's so fun to analyze the different things that he gets yeah. into. But one of the interesting things he, he insists is that all aliens are friendly and that all basically all alien abduction stories are the human secret keepers using alien tech basically it seems interesting that he's so pushy about that he's like not open to danger from aliens at all which seems a, just a little bit odd well i i i think it would be a little far-fetched to say there are absolutely no evil aliens out there anywhere but it may be that what he's saying is our planet is right now being protected by good aliens. Yeah. Um, that might be it. Because I do, I have heard of other aliens like the Dracos who are evil and all this, but the, apparently they're not around. Right now we're dealing with the good guys. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And he says it's, it's, it's us. And I think we've talked about this maybe in the last podcast where it's actually this dark uh this dark organization who's back engineering all of these uh, technologies out of antarctica or wherever that um that they are the ones that are the scary ones that, that those are the ones that have to uh, be focused on and controlled and and that's what this is all about this whole disclosure thing is not no not so much about the disclosure of aliens, but we've got to hurry up and get this dark uh, group um, sort of dug out of the earth and, and exposed because it's affecting the health and humanity and safety of this planet if we don't. Yeah. So that's that's my understanding. Yeah. Well, it it definitely seems like it just feels like this whole disclosure process going through our government is it's like they have recognized there is a cancer of secrecy and corporate fraud and alien and hiding and suppressing technology. It seems like there's enough 
genuine politicians that have suddenly realized this that they are they're uh they they got a clean house in the yeah. US government or else the US government is not valid anymore and the thing is going to collapse that, and that's one of the things on my matrix is has this person said that um that alien the alien cover up is a threat to the validity of US democracy and a few of them have actually used that language. Representative Luna has said, you know, we either fix this or we don't have a democracy. And Gallagher has said that and Gates has said that. And it's really fascinating. This Matt Gates congressman, he is a seems like a bit of a not the not the guy I'd be friends with, but you know, they, he seems to have some uh, courage to fight the power. So if he, you know, has decided to go down on helping with you uh, alien disclosure that would be pretty impressive yeah but. oh wow i mean it's just amazing because i do think since there's been this uh congr these congressional hearings that the you know the curtain is pulled back and now it's like everybody's looking and you and i are talking about it we're all everybody's like yeah th they're there it's like they're not they can't hide um the question is how deep do, does the root go how far down is it and uh but they can't hide because so much attention is being put on them right now and as greer said something something significant has just happened in in terms of disclosure so uh we're, i'm on pins and needles to find out what that was yeah. but um it has to be uprooted uh and yeah. and you know th there's no other way otherwise we're just going to deteriorate yeah and it looks like it's it's gotta this has to come out more and more during this presidential season you know it's yeah it's, uh, a couple i mean ramaswamy has said he's in favor of full disclosure christie says it's like a joke trump is sort of he used to say he would disclose aliens but he never did so i, I feel like this is going to come up and there uh, and Kennedy just went independent to run independent from the Democratic Party because they yeah, are. Yeah, that was big. So I, I feel like, and then Marco Rubio in the Senate is uh, really a strong voice for disclosure, and he ran for president last time around. He hasn't declared yet, but I would not be surprised if there is a big break in alien disclosure, and then Rubio says, you know, while championing it, he says, "I'm going to go ahead and run for president again." So how important do you think it is, is that that the disclosure come directly through the president announcing it? They are here. Um, I mean, I think it's just it has to the president at some point has to speak on it. It's it's going to it'll help. It'll really help legitimize it globally. There'll still be plenty of people that are suspicious, but. I think, you know, I think a lot of this ties to money. I think they're worried about like the, basically, you know, like the stock market just collapsing if it if this is revealed too quickly. And so there's a lot of I mean, and there's people saying I think someone said uh, this might have come out of the Greer interview. He said something like if this was disclosed too quickly, the like the governments would collapse and no one would go to work um, within like two weeks. It would just be like it would almost be, be sort of like a collapse of civilization i don't know if that's like true but i think there's like fear that there could be cascading impacts if it if we shock people too quickly I, do you believe that no i, I think we're past that i think humanity yeah. is is uh 
it's it seems like we're entering a crisis point where everyone is just gonna is just like uh needs answers and needs truth and needs to trust somebody and find media to trust i, I feel like humanity right now is choking on mainstream media's lying and fraud and is like just like has to give birth to a whole new way of communicating and trusting each other about what's true mm, wow yeah that's that's a big one you know trust is there's a great quote and i can't remember who it was but you know building trust can take a lifetime and breaking trust can take a minute oh yeah yeah well, well i think this podcast revolution is part of it that's why i'm just like you know so excited to create these uh to create this type of media with people like yourself i feel like mm -hmm. this is the we're building the foundation of how humans are gonna figure out how to communicate and build the world again together i think that that these extraterrestrials are using this um i was just listening to all these quantum physics uh shows on youtube that they use this quantum fabric this this quantum entanglement what's another word for it this uh this this quantum interaction uh there's another word for it anyway so they use that as a means of communicating with us when our mind is quiet mm. it's it's like i've heard it described as a spider web where you know you've got you've got the spider in the middle and a fly lands on on a, on a, on the web on the outside string and the spider feels it so you could relate to that as almost quantum entanglement it's like one thing happens somewhere and then something else happens the same thing um somewhere else they're related to each other i think that's uh, called quantum entanglement um and that somehow they are these extraterrestrials are able to communicate with us through resonating our quantum entangled strings i guess and and the way they do that uh the theory is now is that it's through the pineal gland which is um supposedly well not even supposedly they're saying pretty definitely this is what the icon is of the pine cone that sits outside the vatican and the pine cone that is represented in the sumerian carvings of the anunnaki you can see the um these anunnaki standing behind someone holding a pine cone pointing it at the back of their neck and there are a, a number of um, pictorial, uh, you know, engravings of those days uh, showing the Anunnaki doing this. And they all have these little pine cones in their hand pointing it. And they're saying this is something that is resonating with our pineal gland in our own brain. It's like we're the antenna and they are tuning to us and sending these uh, packets of, of information. Uh, which we can pick up when we are in a in a good silent meditation. Hmm. Yeah, when you look at the Sumerian carvings of the Anunnaki, look for those pine cones. You'll see them holding them and pointing them deliberately, um, and it's always at the back of the neck. And there are other, you know, symbolic things of the pine cone. It's 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 representing the pineal gland. That makes so much sense. That is so interesting. Um, just makes me so ready to meditate also. Uh, yes, yes.
Yeah. So, uh, do you, um, how do you feel about me live streaming your guided meditation into a, a Twitter space? And that way it, it would just be recorded there for people. There wouldn't be anyone live joining, but it would, it would be there instantly for people to, uh, to be able to listen to. Sure. That's that fine. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start a little Twitter space is uh, going. And there we are live in Twitter and we are welcome uh, anyone in the future Twitterverse that uh, listens in. This is the conclusion of episode three of Meditation and Aliens and uh, Doro Kylie, life coach extraordinaire, is going to do a guided meditation as she always does for the conclusion of our show. Thanks, Matt. So we'll start this meditation just by uh, finding a comfortable position. And that could be wh whatever you're doing. It could be sitting. Uh, it could even be standing. The Buddha said you could do, do meditation standing, walking, sitting, or lying down. So whatever's comfortable, find your comfort place right now. And we'll do, what should we do, about 15 minutes, Matt? That'd be great. Okay. So we can do this with eyes open or closed. If your eyes are open, um, let's make that just a kind of an unfocused, maybe downward gaze. So you're not looking at anything in particular, just sort of relaxing your eyes. We're going to start coming around and just witnessing where we are, becoming present, calling back our energy into the present moment. So I'm going to ring a little bell. We'll just follow that for a minute, and while we're following it, just notice our breath. So let's take a couple of nice deep breaths and pull in some of that chi energy. So I'm hearing more and more teachers confirming their sense that chi, which is the electric energy or the electromagnetic energy that surrounds everything and permeates everything is actually where our consciousness is. It's everywhere. It's all in everything, every cell. And all we're doing is we're pulling it in through our breath and our mind, our brain is like a decoder. And we just make of it what we want or what we will to create a sense of reality. But everything around us is conscious. Every cell, every air molecule. So let's just sit for a minute with our breath and sense this aliveness that's everywhere. Breathing in, breathing out. There'd be a sense of ease, gentle, simple, 
like a butterfly on a flower, just rocking back and forth with a breeze, breathing in, breathing out. You might feel it more at the tip of the nose or in the abdomen or even the chest, wherever you can feel your breath. Drawing in that conscious energy. That energy expands everywhere. We can feel it in our hands. See if you can feel the earth supporting your body. See if you can feel the air touching your skin. Can you feel sounds on your eardrum? Sometimes when you're quiet, you can feel your heart beating. The quieter we get, the more we can perceive. And when we get real quiet, we are in a receptive mode to receive transmissions, if you want to call it that. We're just listening.
We also want to be aware of our general feeling tone. Are we feeling anxious or sleepy or relaxed or happy? Just acknowledge the kind of energy that we are experiencing. And we'll just hold that with a soft intention. And when your mind wanders, which it will, often, sometimes, the whole practice is to become aware of it, to see that you have been carried off by a thought or the train of thoughts, just to be aware of it and say, oh, there I go again. And that's okay. That's normal. But then to be able to bring it back. So as we drop down into this still place of calm being, where life is very obvious and shimmering all around us, as we can hang out in this place, this is our place of reception. And we can just set the intention of making ourselves available for any guidance coming from a higher consciousness. So we're not reaching for something, we're just open. Maybe holding in your mind or your heart, a wish, an intention to have greater understanding. Breathing in, breathing out.
So it's in this deep place of quiet stillness with an open heart, open mind, holding the intention of receiving guidance from higher consciousness. And the guidance we seek is not necessarily a to-do list or anything to do. It might be just encouragement to try to feel a certain way, something simple. Or you might just get a big download and suddenly understand everything. It's through this connection that we can begin to envision a more beautiful world. And when I say envision, I guess I'm not really meaning figuring out, you know, hierarchies or anything like that, but just that feeling of being safe with other humans, comfortable, around a lot of people, just people being good to each other. Respecting each other, that sense of happiness. Sharing, working together, creating things together. What does a more beautiful world look like to you? So as you go deeper and tune into any higher consciousness, you might actually find a friend. Many people would call them guardian angels or guides. These could very well be higher consciousness 
extraterrestrials. can begin to have conversations with them. By my experience, when there is a communication happening, there's almost a sense of release, not grasping. It's almost an expansion that that just feels more comprehensive. And it's not necessarily in a language per se. Feels more like a memory remembering the way it is. So now we'll just come to a a gentle closure here. And when you're in this wide open receptive space, open for communication, when you finish, I think it's advisable to just, just gently close up a little bit so that you're not so wide open to everything. And then with that, we'll just come right back, open our eyes, and be present. Thanks, Matt. Thank you so much. All right. Till next time. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye.